On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. I am your co-host, Derek Larger, and joining me, as always, is your other co-host, Mr. Cody Felger. And today, we're bringing down the post-game. We're giving you a post-game review here of the Colts week one game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So as we said in the stream, guys, the Colts still have yet to win a regular season opener since 2013 against the Raiders and have still not beaten Jacksonville in Jacksonville since 2014, a rough game where we lost 27 to 20 on the back end of a couple interceptions and some questionable play calling So I guess, Cody, we can mention the first thing here and we were talking about, you know, holding people accountable. And I think it's that's the best thing we can do right now. And we can talk about our coaches here. I mean, how much of the blame do we put on the head coaches for not getting this team ready and not, you know, just not putting guys in the right positions to succeed? I put a big blame on them, honestly. And I said this on the stream, Derek, and now we're a little bit more calm. Uh, but really, like, come on. You had weeks and weeks to prepare for them. You had no preseason games. You knew you knew Jacksonville. And so I just I, – I'm totally just, like, distraught by this still. Like, how do you allow this to happen? And then I, I put a big blame on the coaches. I mean, really, it's your job to get your players prepared. It seems like every time the Colts play an opponent that they should beat by double digits, they play down to their competition – they do little things that are dumb and mess them up when they really should have should have stepped on Jacksonville's throat a lot of different times. They let them stay in this game, and ultimately, man, they paid the price for it. And some of the things that people were definitely questioning was the multiple times that one of the times where we got stuffed at the line of scrimmage on a fourth and one inside the five early in the first quarter and where Naheem Hines ran the ball. A lot of people were questioning why we were having Hines run the ball. And obviously, Eberflus was a little bit to blame there, too, for a lot of people wondering about the zone scheming and why we could not do anything on the defense. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. But obviously, guys, some uh, coaching issues that need to be addressed as well when it comes to game planning and how we figure this out. But let's just talk real quick first about the quarterback here, uh, Cody. So it was Phillip Rivers, uh, and Colts debut, right? And he finished... 36 of 46 for 357 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions with an 88.7 QB rating. How would you, how would you rate his first game as a Colt? And you know, how much of the blame is on him for the two interceptions and how else did he look to you? Yeah. I mean, in terms of pushing the ball down the field, I mean, he certainly did a lot more than Jacoby Reset did last year. And we thought that would happen. I mean, the chargers, Last year had one of the top passing attacks, but you know, the thing is like those two interceptions, they stand out. I mean, they were dumb plays, a lot of dumb plays on Phillip rivers uh, in Phillip rivers department where he was just staring down receivers and just threw bad balls. And, and honestly, yeah, I mean, he, 
I really blame him for both those interceptions. He almost had three, um, but it got held, called back for a defensive holding call. So, you know, Phillip Rivers did a good job in terms of accuracy, and, and he got, you know, he got all of his guys involved in the passing attack pretty much. But, uh, yeah, just those interceptions, they stand out. They came in critical moments. Um, but overall, if you take the interceptions out of it, which is a big part of what – I mean, I, f- I feel like Phillip Rivers looked pretty good and pretty on sync with his wide receivers. Um, so, overall, I mean, if I'm giving it a grade, I'd probably give him uh, probably about a C+. Plus. I mean, those two interceptions really bring it down quite a bit. But, uh, overall, I thought that in terms of moving the ball down the field, the Colts had no problems doing that. Now, if Rivers can make a little bit better decisions, uh, maybe you know, maybe it's a completely different ball game. But that's kind of where I'm at with Rivers. Where are you at, Derek? I'm going to go a C plus as well. Uh, it was, you know, the one touchdown to two interceptions is obviously not good, but obviously, I just felt that the Colts didn't really game plan very well to get Rivers more attempts at his wide receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. his running backs had half the catches in the game today, so. I get trying to use the running backs, but man, like there are other guys on the field, you know, like, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, which who we're going to talk about here in a minute. And, you know, Michael Pittman only had two catches and Zach Pascal only had two catches. I mean, he spread the ball around a lot. I just felt like he should have been more dominant in trying to get the ball to his primary guys more often. It just felt like he was always trying to hit the, running backs instead of trying to just get the receivers. But overall, again, when you throw 70% completion percentage, uh, actually higher than that, and, you know, you throw for 357 yards, obviously he was moving the ball down the field. So I can't uh, complain about that. But 46 passes, that's where we're going to get into our next part here, Cody. Mm -hmm. Another question that we had about the, uh, about Frank Reich today. Why? 46 passes. Why yeah. only 20 rushes? Mm-hmm. Why? Because we said we wanted to be a top rushing attack this year. Why did we go away from it, Cody? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Marlon Mack, uh, that injury is significant. He's probably going to miss the season, which really sinks on, for, uh, on all ends. Um, Jonathan Taylor wasn't that great at running the football this, uh, this week. I mean, he only ran for 2.4 average. So I think that's part in part why, uh, the Colts kind of went away from it. I mean, Naheem Hines was your leading back uh, or one of your leading backs. He had seven carries, averaged about four yards per carry. Um, but yeah, like I think he said somewhere around uh, 80, 87, 88 yards rushing for a team that, that wants to be top nine, five in that's rushing. With nine, that's with nine yards from Paris Campbell and Rivers. So three, actually for running backs, Rivers, it was yeah. under 80 yards. Yeah, that's that's unacceptable. I mean, that's horrible. Um, but for a team that wants to be top five in rushing, not a great start at all. Um, and Taylor just didn't look great, I guess. Um, he, you know, and you know, you can kind of blame, uh, the offensive line too. I didn't feel like Taylor had a lot of openings a lot of times. Um, yeah. So overall, I just felt like the, the running attack kind of went stagnant when Marlon Mack went out. Um, that's certainly going to have to change, uh, next week against the Vikings. So, yeah, it just was a weird game because I we felt like in the pregame and everything leading up to that, the Colts are going to be able to run the ball really well against this Jacksonville defense. Uh, did not do that at all. Um, it was really weird. It's weird that Jacksonville actually outran the Colts this week. Um, super yep. odd. So, uh, but yeah, forty six passes for Philip Rivers is unacceptable. Um, you shouldn't have him be throwing that much 
Um, and I do feel like if the Colts would have been able to run the ball a little bit more and kind of ride the hot hand, Rivers wouldn't have had to throw it so much. But as it stands, 46 passes, that's what we said. The reason why we felt like Rivers was going to do such a great job, he wasn't going to have to throw that much. And he did this week, and, and we see what happens. Two interceptions. And my question is also, like, where was Jordan Wilkins? Why didn't mm-hmm. we use him? Like, I mean, we had multiple times where, I mean, there were multiple times where last season Jordan Wilkins came in in replacement of Marlon Mack and and took over the spot. But, like, why didn't we use him? That's my question. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was weird. It really was. Um, but – I guess we'll see him more in the coming weeks with Mac out for the year. So be interesting to see what happens there with Wilkins. I mean, very happy the Colts decided to keep Wilkins and keep four running backs. Cause we thought, you know, we didn't think Mac was going to miss a season, but we thought, you know, historically Mac has not played all 16 games since he's been drafted. So we'll probably need Wilkins for a game or two, but uh, you know, that's the beauty of the Colts drafting Jonathan Taylor and then also having Wilkins on their roster now. Um. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it was a bummer. It's a bummer for Marlon Mack, bummer for the Colts, but they got to figure out this running attack. They have to figure it out. Jonathan Taylor's got to get going this next game or else they're going to be in big trouble. Yep, absolutely. And, and let's go to the let's go to the um, wide receivers here because yep. we, uh, we kind of talked about it in the end. We talked a little bit about it in the stream that, you know, T.Y. Hilton early in the first half was doing really well, but – in the fourth quarter, he he struggled. He had two drops and two very pivotal drops, uh, especially on that last drive where the Colts were trying to tie the game up, and he's the one that dropped two passes. So, I mean, you know, T.Y. Hilton was talking for uh, a lot last week that, you know, I'm excited for this team, and I can't wait. You're going to see a new team here. Well, I mean, T.Y., we certainly don't want to see you dropping the ball in pivotal moments like that, man. I mean, you know, that that's unfortunate. And, uh, and Michael Pittman only had two catches today. And uh, Zach Pascal had only two catches today. And Paris Campbell was the most effective wide receiver today where he had six catches for 71 yards. So he was doing his part for sure, opening some things up. And, you know, Jack Doyle had uh, a, only two catches. Uh, Moali Cox had two catches. Hilton had himself four. So, I mean... And the majority of the catches came from Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Yeah. Uh, they had 14 of the 36 between the two of them. I mean, right. I mean, what can we say about this group, Cody? I guess we can say that, you know, it's a good thing they're spreading the wealth around. But, I mean, I was just looking for somebody to dominate, and nobody really did that. No. No, they just didn't give him a ton of chances either to do so. So I was I was hoping the Colts would use Michael Pittman in the in the red zone. That's why you drafted him. He's a six four to almost two hundred thirty pounds. Why don't you use him? Um, I was kind of shocked by that, quite honestly. The Colts decided mm-hmm. not to use him, but uh, it was just weird, man. It was just a weird game where I felt like the Colts could expose. I mean, C.J. Henderson had a great game. Like let's not yeah. let's not crap on C.J. Henderson. He had a great game, but I felt like you could still expose some of the secondary. A lot of unknowns at that point. And there were some injuries throughout that this game where I was like, you can expose this defense. And the Colts just didn't, for some reason, uh, really take any of those deep shots. And so, I don't know. It was just weird for me that the, the Colts didn't elect to do that at all, really, or, or give any of their receivers. They did a lot of under and cross routes a lot of times, but they didn't really try to go deep. And when they did, it was Rivers staring down a receiver who's double covered. So, like, 
Yep. They didn't they didn't give their guys really much chances to go up and get a ball. Like like we like we know Rivers likes to do. So just weird, just weird for the wide receivers. Not a great day for them. They just didn't get targeted enough, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, and so let's talk about the offensive line real quick. We obviously, you obviously mentioned that the running uh, attack on the offensive line was not very good today. But one thing I guess we can say in regards to the offense when it comes to pass protection, it was pretty good. Uh, only one sack today for a six-yard loss. So. I, and I think that that's pretty solid, you know, first game, first time. And, you know, Josh Allen being on there, I think that the pass protection for the Colts was pretty good today, gave Rivers plenty of time to throw the football most times. So I think we can at least take that for one positive thing. Yeah, that was a positive. The Colts did a really good job of protecting Rivers and, and, and that's what they needed to do. And so I was glad that they were able to pretty much contain Josh Allen uh, for the majority of that game. So, uh, yeah, overall, I thought I felt like the Colts uh, protecting the quarterback were pretty good. But definitely a lot of things in that game they got to clean up in running the football. But uh, not the best day for this offensive line, I'll say that. Yeah, definitely will get need to get better. Let's go to the defense here real quick. So... Obviously, the defensive line. A lot of people were wondering how more effective is this defensive line going to get? Well, they had four sacks in the game, but when you're looking at the effectiveness overall in regards to stopping, slowing down the run and getting consistent pressure, uh, yeah, the Colts did neither of those. So, I mean, the four sacks were nice, but they really didn't yeah. do much in the grand scheme of things, you know, because Minshew was still having a career day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this defensive line, they had their moments, but uh, this is why the Colts signed a force Buckner traded for DeForest Buckner rather, and then signed him to a big contract. You wanted to get pressure on the quarterback and, you know, consistent pressure. You had spurts of it last year, but you wanted it to be consistent. And the Colts just did not do that. They didn't get pressure on him. You know, a lot of times Minshew had a clean pocket and he could, he could really kind of rip apart this zone coverage. And that's what he did. I mean, he didn't have a ton of passing yards, but he was effective. He really was. Yep. He was, he only had one incomplete pass the entire game. He only threw for 173 yards, but he threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions. So, I mean, when you give a, even a, I would say Gardner Minshew's a, a pretty decent quarterback. When you even get a decent quarterback, you give him that kind of time. I mean, he's going to tear you apart, especially in this zone coverage. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, and the run defense wasn't any better either. I mean, we mentioned earlier that, you know, Robinson was the best running back on the field today outside of uh, Naheem Hines. I mean, they they got better in the second half, though. I'll say that the run defense Mm -hmm. got a lot better in the second half. Um, I believe Jacksonville had like something like 85 yards in the first half and then really didn't do a ton in the running attack um, in the second half. And so I, I thought that they improved in that area, which is good, but. Uh, you just got to get more consistent pressure on the quarterback, like you mentioned, and and not allow those early big runs. I mean, really, uh, that was and and all the time. It wasn't always like huge twenty yard runs. It was just like effective sep- six seven yard runs, you know. And you can't let that happen. And so uh, overall, you know, even though the stats won't show it, it was like when Jacksonville was able to run it really well, it was effective, and it didn't have to go for a, a large gain. So. Yeah, the defensive line's got a lot to to work on this week for sure. And so I don't even really know what to even say about the linebackers because there really wasn't a lot to talk about. Mm-mm. But, I mean, we can just go to the secondary. Even though I didn't see Okariki at all today. Not I, really. I, I, did, I didn't see him. And he had one tackle. 
And there's one thing that I want to talk about, Cody. We can talk about this before we go into the secondaries. The, the Everfuss did, in my opinion, a really terrible job today of getting people substituted. I felt that the substitutions for the whole game on defense, like I didn't see anybody. Like I saw Banigou in for a few snaps on the defensive line, but that's really the only like substitution that I really saw. And yeah, yeah I didn't see Okariki much at all. I, mm-hmm. I didn't see much of anybody else. Like it was the starters were out there for 90% of the time. And then there was that 10% of somebody else coming in. Like, right. That's supposed to be better than that. Yeah, it is. And it was just, it's weird. I don't understand like why you don't give, you know, like Ben Banigou, uh, Al-Kadim Muhammad more chances. Uh, they didn't really do a whole lot. They And they're not even really showing up on the stat sheet. So that tells you how little they were in the game. Um, and, and that's just unfortunate. I really wish that they would give them more run. It seems like both those guys had really strong camps. So hopefully the Colts will, can, will start rotating those guys a little bit more, but certainly was puzzling for that end. Yep, I feel that. So let's go to the secondary here real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about special teams, and then we'll leave it at that. So secondary had issues all game. Like nobody, nobody clamped down on anyone. Kenny Moore was the only one that had any kind of disruptance in the uh, backfield. And that was only on one play. Uh, That was the one incompletion they had in the first quarter. And then after that, Minshew was perfect all game, had no issues moving the ball down the field. Cody, this secondary scares me now because you just let a quarterback throw for 95% against you. That is never good. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. I don't care if it's Drew Brees. I don't care if it's Kyler Murray throwing me the football. I don't care if it's Jameis Winston. You cannot let a quarterback be that good at throwing you under the bus like that. And and Eberflus takes some blame here too because he just did not put them in great spots to uh, succeed here. I don't know what else to say about this secondary except that it's very concerning. It is, and this is what we've said all off season. If there was a position group that's really going to either thrive or struggle, it's going to be this secondary. There's a lot of unknowns. I feel like we got a little bit more of a clear picture of this secondary, and it's it's very concerning. I am very concerned about this secondary. I don't feel like they've really improved at all. The Colts felt like they, uh, with Xavier Rhodes, they had they improved on defense. I'm not so sure. He had some some bad plays this game, so. Uh, that's still obviously early, um, so we'll have to wait to see exactly what happens there. But Molly Cooker did not have a good day. Um, he's playing for a contract. To, you know, if he plays any way like he did today, he's definitely not earning another contract with Indianapolis. I mean, it yep, was a rough day true. for Hooker. Um, it was a rough day for everyone in that. For secondary. everyone, nobody uh, had good days. That secondary was just rough. It was a rough day for sure. All right, last thing we can talk about here for the post game, and that is the special teams. So Josh Lambeau had himself a really good day, but, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship cost three points for the Colts as well. Um, He went two for three on his field goals. He missed a 35-yarder today. He actually hit a 30-yarder earlier in the game and then hit another one uh, late in the game. But, again, that's another three points. And another one we have to worry about with kickers. I obviously that's better than what you know we had some games with Vinatieri, but I mean again, Cody Blankenship just didn't have a great start to me. 
It, it just mm. doesn't seem like, you know, I know it's only one missed kick, but I mean, that has me nervous for the next game going forward. I will say this. I, I was happy the way that he kind of rebounded from that kick, uh, the missed kick that he had from 30 some yards. Uh, he ba- bounced back and made a kick when it mattered. So, I mean, it, that does suck, but for a rookie, I was happy with the way that he didn't let that get to him and he didn't go out and shank another one. So that was good on that department. But yeah, I mean, you can't have that happen. That's unacceptable. Um, but he still is young. So I offer him a little bit more grace than maybe some of these other guys. But uh, yeah, it wasn't the best day for Blankenship, but Josh Lambeau definitely had a great day. Oh my goodness, that guy, Lambeau that guy's got a leg, right. man. Yep. So that's going to be the post game, guys. Colts lose 27 to 20 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're 0 1 going, in, uh, going into week two, where the Colts will face the Minnesota Vikings at home. We'll look to hopefully rebound and pick back up where we left off. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Let us know what you thought about the game. Uh, Let us know what you think the Colts need to potentially do to get better. Uh, For Cody and myself, thank you very much. And as always, go Colts.